God was speaking to me. To grow a little, you got to cut a little. What does Sarah Philpot mean by this? And why does she get so excited by fireflies? Stay tuned. I'm Yvette Walker, the host of the Positively Joy podcast, where we discover that joy is not a feeling, it's faith. You can find previous episodes at PositivelyJoy.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. However you found yourself here, you are welcome, and I believe it was truly God-destined. We are in Season 3, and this season has taken the podcast into the vantage point of what joy is. I'd like you to listen to each episode this season through the lens of how Jesus Christ defines joy. John chapter 15 verse 11 reveals this when Jesus tells us to keep the Father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Enjoy, and I pray you receive the message the Father has for you. Sarah Philpott lives on a working farm with her husband and children. Her book, The Growing Season, reflects the life lessons she has observed on the farm and how it relates to God's provisions and blessings for us. Here's Sarah. Sarah Philpott, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. As a listener, it's a privilege to be sitting in the seat where I get to chat with you. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much. So first of all, and I've mentioned this before, you know, on the show, I love your book, The Growing Season. I think I have, I don't know what you'd call it, but city girl envy and the experience that you get to have with your family on the farm and seeing how those experiences play out God's will and God's joy, like right in front of you. So I just, I love, you know, I love reading the book and, and hearing all about it. And I would love to get to know a little bit more about you today. Our audience can get to know you and certainly to talk about the book, The Growing Season and all those wonderful experiences. Oh, I'm excited to, uh, to be here in a chat and see where our conversation goes. All right, great. So let's get to know you a little bit better. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. So my name's Sarah and my husband's name's Perry. And we've actually been together. We started dating when I was 14. So we're high school sweethearts. We got married after college. We, um, we now have four little children. One, the oldest is 11. The youngest is one. And then I also have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old thrown in the mix as well. We live in Tennessee on his family's um, cattle, uh, cattle farm. And um, I grew up actually not far down the road, 30 minutes from where we live now. Um, as I said, we're high school sweethearts. So I've known him over half my life at this point. And um, we love living out here in Tennessee on the farm. We're nestled on the banks of um, the Teleco River is close by and also the Cherokee National Forest. So we've got lots of farm scenery, but we've also got beautiful East Tennessee mountains as well that are, you know, kind of in our backyard. It just sounds so idyllic, although I know it's a lot of hard work too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's. You might walk outside and, um, you know, it, it's kind of, uh, I heard the phrase yesterday, it smells like midnight in a cow pasture. So <laughs> it sounds <laughs> idyllic, but the truth of things are not always so pleasing. <laughs> so true. Now, this lifestyle, did you grow up this way? I did. Both of my parents, uh, my mom was a teacher. My dad um, 
worked uh, with the union. He was a um, welder, but we always had a family farm. So I grew up, it wasn't full-time farming, but it was part-time farming. And I grew up in the country where we had cattle, we had fences that need fixed. We had a family garden. And so um, I was very used to this lifestyle, although my husband's style of farming is um, 100% full own all the time. We have um, lots of employees and it's um, definitely a lifestyle when you're a full-time farmers. Absolutely. So we're definitely going to talk about the newest book, The Growing Season, but you're not a first-time author. You have written Loved Baby, uh, which uh, is, is definitely loved by many. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So um, several years ago, after the birth of my first child, my husband and I experienced pregnancy loss. We um, ended up having two miscarriages back to back. And it, as does for most women, it just sent me to this time of anxiety. And I just felt um, extremely depressed and uncertain about my future and um, really started drawing extremely close to God during that time, because that's the only way to walk through a trial, isn't it? But um, as I started on that journey of after pregnancy loss, I started journaling and that ended up turning into a book called Loved Baby 31 Devotions, Devotions, Helping You Grieve and Cherish Your Child After Pregnancy Loss. And it's just 31 devotions that um, I've, I've written and it includes the voices of women and men who have gone through miscarriage and stillbirth and ectopic pregnancy loss. And it just meets every woman at her pain and tries to um, acknowledge the loss, helps us cherish our babies that are in heaven, and also helps us validate our grief, but point us towards hope. So that was my first book, and it came out in 2017. It's one I'm incredibly humbled that I got to write, and I'm um, incredibly blessed to know the women who um, who took part in the book and helped um, who, who helped share their stories. Absolutely. And there are many women who've experienced this. Um, and I appreciate the women like you uh, and like Elizabeth Myers, for example, who's on my advisory board, who also has experienced child loss, who will speak out, who will who will come forward. It's a very, very personal and private situation, but you've been called to do so. You've been called to let people know that this happens, but that God will meet you there. And I really appreciate, you know, women like you who have done that. Thank you so much. But you have four children, and so the Lord has been faithful, um, just amazing. And so, uh, so you are living on the farm with your husband, who sounds like a great guy, by the way, <laughs> and and your children. <laughs> and um, as I am hearing your voice, you know, I hear your voice in my head, you know, when I'm reading it, um, I see that this is, you know, I mean. When you think about it, we started off, maybe not on a farm, but we started off in the garden. So we know that God loves growing seasons. We know this. And so, um, and as I said earlier, you know, I have a little bit of city girl envy. So I'm originally from Chicago, south side of Chicago. Um, But my father had a little garden in the back where he would grow vegetables, greens and carrots and things, just like a little plot. Um, And so... Just a little bit of getting back to the earth, I think, is important when we want to grow our relationship with God. And I know that's not, you know, easy for everyone or even desirable by by everyone, but it can be. And that's some of what I'm really getting from the growing season. So obviously, we know why you wrote Loved Baby. You've just told us that. Why did you want to write The Growing Season? 
I think that I have learned so much from the farmers in my life, from my grandfather, from my grandmother was a farmer, my um, my dad, watching the whole growing season play out and then coming here to the farm with my husband. And as I watch him do all his work, it kind of just, the, the Lord's words just stand out through this, this everyday experience. And I just really wanted to share this realness, this rawness, this um, beautiful idea of God's creation that um, is displayed before our eyes. I just wanted to share it with, with other people, because I think when we can see the scriptures play out in real life, then I think it just draws us closer. And a lot of us right now are disconnected from the farm. You know, I have city girl envy because I think it would be wonderful to be able to live in a city and just walk down the street and go to a bakery or do something fun. But I just wanted to bring this farm existence to readers everywhere to help them just have a mental image of what it's like to be face-to-face with this season of growth. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. So the book itself, it, it's, you know, it's not just, um, you know, this one big story you have, I think so cleverly uh, separated it into seasons, obviously. And you, um, I don't know if you call this a devotion or not, but you certainly do provide opportunity for kind of exploration and for, you know, meditation and then a lot of fun. You've got recipes in here you've got things to do. Um, so what did you kind of want to do? I, the book is so well-received. So what were you going for? And do you feel like this is, you know, what you wanted to accomplish? Yes. So it's 52 devotions. So it's a devotion for every week of the year and it's divided into winter, spring, summer, and fall. And I've just taken stories that um, have happened on our farm and um, separated them seasonally. And some of them, like you said, are really funny. They're hilarious. Some of them are serious. Some of them end with recipes. Some of them end with journal prompts or just um, kind of um, ideas for you to kind of take out into real life. Um, I think it is a beautiful reflection of what I hope to accomplish. I wanted this book to just be a mix of serious and funny because as you know, that is what life is about. Life is about laughter, but life is also full of trials and hardships and where we have to have perseverance and grit. And so I just wanted to make it a mix of all of our emotions because that's how God made it, made us. And I also wanted to just write it directly to readers. I think that was one of the things I did in Loved Baby that was extremely well received is I just wrote it directly to women. And so this book, I just wrote directly to women as well. And um, I was just so pleased at how the my publishing house, Harvest House, put this book together. And um, I love how the 52 devotions just really help us draw us closer to God. If you're listening to the show, you're already a member of the Positively Joy family. But now you can actually join our new membership levels and support the show while getting bonus content and free merch. Go to PositivelyJoy.com to learn more. So there's lots of really interesting anecdotes, as you said, in your own experiences. And one that just, I think, and there's many, but one that stands out to me is when your husband saw the cow standing by the bank and just looking out there and he didn't know what they were looking at but he instantly knew that something was wrong. And I think that stays with me. And you certainly, you know, I think hint at this, if, if not fully come out and say this, that the Lord knows us 
the Lord knows each of us and understands our problems and knows when things are wrong and understands what we're going through. So for obviously for people who haven't read the book, so he sees this and he goes over there because he knows that that's not right. I think you mentioned you freshly spread the hay and everybody else was eating, but this one cow is not eating and is standing off looking toward the water of this bank. He goes over there and a newborn calf has fallen into the water. So spoiler alert, there's good news. <laughs> there's good news. Everything's okay. He's able to, to get the, the calf back on the bank. And the other thing I liked about it was, you know, all he did was rescue, but then he gave that calf right back to mama and mama did what she needed to do, which is, you know, neither here nor there, but I just really like that part of it. But yeah, it, it just... A story like that, it's simple. I know that he doesn't feel like he's a hero for doing this. That's just what he does. But it just reminds me, um, although I do think your husband's a hero. You can tell him I said that. But it, it does. It reminded me a little bit of our relationship with the father and you know how he knows us and he knows everything about us. And he would know, he knows when we're experiencing something wrong. And so I think, I think stories like that allow us to go beyond what I would consider like maybe what people think a traditional devotional is, but allow us to see that and to know that in these seasons, there's so much, there's, there's so much richness, I think that we can have in our relationship with him, especially when we look at it through these seasons. And I know I'm gushing a bit. <laughs> I'm so glad you like that part of the story. Um, the book, that um, devotion actually takes place in January because in January on our farm, in the early winter months, it's what is known around here as calving season. And for the non-farmers, this just means that it's when um, all our babies are born. So they've been bred earlier in the year and they're born. And um, it's winter time, which I've always asked my husband, why are we having these babies in winter time? But um, because it's so cold outside and we have to go make sure they're okay. And um, it's sometimes snowy and it's the rain's pelting down sometimes. But he said, because that's actually better for them to be born born in the wintertime than it is in the sweltering heat when there's so much other things that can happen to them. So the winter is a better time. But yeah, in this situation, he saw that a calf was off, um, a cow was off to itself and there was a baby in the creek and he had to, you know, just instantly jump in the creek to save the baby calf. And one of the points that I'm really interested in that story is the idea that God wants us to react to the immediate needs before us. He doesn't, you know, in January, we're always thinking about goals and plans and our to-do lists and all of those things are wonderful, but we also have to really just step back and realize that God puts immediate needs in our lives and those always trump our daily to-do lists. And um, so I'm glad you really responded well to that story because it is just a reflection of a lot of the stories that happen on our farm and on life. And God teaches us so much in our day to day if we just pay attention. Absolutely. And you start the book, that's the season you start with winter. Was there a reason for that? I just think it was just the start of a new year. The freshness of a new year is why I wanted to start with winter. And um, just as a little side, I actually wrote this book and turned it in in February, right before the March um, time hit of COVID and the pandemic. So yeah. I wrote this not knowing anything that was about to happen in our life, in our world. But I think the book is so 
relevant. God knew exactly what he was doing because it is it a book that we need in this time, you know, post-traumatic <laughs> event of COVID. So true. So what are some lessons, you know, as you were gathering the stories and, and similarly with Loved Baby, obviously you were gathering people's stories, but this was a little bit different. You were gathering your own stories. You were trying to figure out, you know, what am I going to leave in? What am I going to leave out? Um, what did you learn from, or what did God allow you to see, I suppose, uh, and learn when you were in this process? So I would just really pray about what stories that I should include and and what he was teaching me. And a lot of stories just stood out in my mind. They would just um, instantly replay. And I think that was God nudging me that this is a story that um, you can use for this book. So for example, one of the things, one of my absolute favorite parts of the story of the book is when I tell about my husband and I and our children, we're out trimming the blackberry vines. And we do that um, in early spring. We usually do it around March and it's still a little chilly outside and we, we trim the vines and we don't have a whole lot of blackberries. We have just a couple rows, but it's, it's more of a hobby for us. But we were trimming the vines one day and I just was kind of quizzically asking, you know, why are we doing this? Why are we trimming these vines? I can understand why we're taking the dead branches and trimming them, but I don't understand why you're taking the live ones and cutting them back as well. And he just kind of looked at me and said, you know, to, to um, grow a little, you got to cut a little. And at a time that was at a time in my life when I felt really weighted down by saying yes way too many times to too many people. And I just felt an, an extremely stressed, as a lot of us women can do by tackling too many things. And I just felt like it was not I'm only speaking right about these you. blackberries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're all there. <laughs> and you know, I just felt like he God was speaking to me to grow a little, you got to cut a little. And then the next words out of my husband's mouth were you know, the vines get so stressed when they can't see the light and they're not going to be able to grow. They're just going to wither. And again, you know, that applied to me personally as much as it did about those blackberry vines. So it was stories like that, that I knew that I wanted to share because it's how God's natural order of the world can be applied to our lives. Because of course he wants the plants to live their best lives he wants us to live our best lives as well. And we have to pay attention to the scripture to know, you know, how we should proceed in life. Absolutely. And of course, everyone knows the scripture about the vine and the branches. Um, but what some people might not know, and the only reason I know this is what I, I actually did live for a time at a house where the previous owner had had blackberry canes. They're thorny mm-hmm. and it hurts. <laughs> so you yes, have, it you does. Have, yeah, you have this beautiful fruit. That's delicious, but you've got to go through some work to get to it. And as you said, you've got to cut it back. And even picking, you know, can be can be somewhat difficult because of the thorns. Um, there's just so many, you know, applications of God's truth in nature and on a farm and in this book. And that's why I think I loved it so much. Um, it reminded me of it in, in a in a different way, but it reminded me of a book called A Country Year by Sue Hubble. And she's passed on um, about a woman who had to learn to, you know, this is different from your experience, but had to learn to figure out how to get by on her own farm when her marriage broke up. And um, I, you know, again, I think I, like I said, I'm a city girl and I always think, oh, I'd love to do that. But I know the first time she kept bees, the first time I opened I would open the bee, the hive, you know, in the spring to clean it out. Apparently a lot of other little insects like 
over winter in there. And I'm like, okay, I'm out. I can't do it. So I think I would like to do it. But but what I appreciated about about her book and really about any any book about farming and 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 working with the land that God has given us. It's just so rich and it has so many, I think, lessons to teach us about his love for us, um, the provisions that he's given to us, um, and certainly people who work with the earth like you guys, you know, understand that in a completely different way than people who who just are on the other end and are able to go to the store and, and, and get these things or, or, or buy meat or whatever. Um, but no matter if you're in the country or in the city, it's all about God's love for us, the provisions that he's made for us, what he's given us. There's just so much to learn. And so um, I encourage uh, even people who, you know, are urban or, or city or think about lives that way to think about that a little bit, to think about just what God has given us. And it all starts, it all starts with the earth. That's where we started, and that's certainly where I think we still we still live. Uh, you've seen a lot on the farm and just in your own life and experiences. So a couple questions. Um, first question is, uh, when is the last time that you that you felt like you have seen the overwhelming love of God? I think there's been so many times that I see the overwhelming love of God. And it's especially, of course, when I feel sadness or anxiety and I call on him. But Yvette, one of the times that I feel the most overwhelming love for him is when I go outside at night and I see the lightning bugs. And our lightning bugs stayed here in Tennessee until October of this year. Wow. So we really got a great season. We had from May till October, we had lightning bugs. And anytime I go outside and I see the lightning bugs, I see the stars, I see the moon, I just feel this um, blanket of love from God as if this, you know, his creation is such a gift to us. You know, he could have created the most mundane world for us to live in, but instead he made everything just magnificent and beautiful. So that's a time that I feel just so enraptured by his love. That makes so much sense. And they did have a longer season this year and we needed that after everything we've come out of, right? You know, yes, but, yes. Just, but, but you're right. He could have done anything. And instead he put a little light on the butt of a bug. <laughs> yes. when play, it's like, okay, it's beautiful. I love, I do. I love lightning bugs. Uh, I feel like when you are in the city, you don't really get a chance to see them as much. But, I, but I've been fortunate to live in some places that are a little bit further out. Um, and the darker, the darker the, uh, the area is, the more, you know, it seems like there's, they're there more, or at least maybe you can see them more. And so it does. Really great, the darker it is, it's beautiful. Yeah. That's but, a really you know, I know that for um, people who live in the city, I'm equally just feel so much love by when I'm walking around like a beautiful city, when I see the architecture and I know that God created in, in the people who created the buildings and who did the design work that he created all of us to have creativity within us as well. So I think we can, no matter whether we live on a city or a farm or a suburb, but we're going to be able to see God's creativity um, in any situation. If we just look for it and realize that it is all of him. So true. So true. So the book is all about seasons. And I wanted to ask you, uh, is there a scripture that you're standing on in this season of your life? 
You know, my favorite scripture right now is Psalm 118, 24. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And sometimes I can say that and just be so happy that I'm saying it. And sometimes it's kind of a forced verse for my mind to go, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. But either way, I just love finding joy in life, finding joy in spite of our trials, finding joy um, in what God can do through us within our trials. And so that's the verse that I'm really clinging to this season of my life. I love it. I love it. Well, you know what? This is a great way to end. Thank you so much. I would love to uh, make sure everyone knows how to reach you, how to contact you. Certainly the growing season is available on Amazon, Um, but tell us uh, your website and how people can find you on social media. Yeah. So you can find the growing season, a year of down on the farm devotions. Um, anywhere where books are sold. And my website is allamericanmom.net. You can find me on Facebook at Sarah Philpot Writes and Instagram at Sarah L. Philpot. Excellent. Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show today. I've really enjoyed talking with you. I've been wanting to talk with you ever since I started reading the book. And, you know, I would say that, you know, I don't know if you've talked about this or thought about it, but this would be a good book for a small group to go through. Oh, I think that's a great idea. Yes, I, I've had a lot of people already buying multiple copies and gifting them to friends. And it would be even more fun if those friends read it together. Yeah, absolutely. So I love that suggestion. All right. Well, thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Positively Joy today. Go to PositivelyJoy.com for inspiration, encouragement, and past episodes. Follow the podcast and review and subscribe wherever you go for podcasts. Don't forget to check out our cool merchandise with our new logo. And also on the website, go to the talk tab and leave us a message on what you love about Positively Joy and what you'd like to hear in the future. Again, thanks so much for being with us. Bye for now.